Welcome, welcome, welcome to the illustrious self-evident podcast. You got your girl Curry. Is that a good intro? That was off the cuff. That was all off the cuff. Uh, yeah, so we are here today, me and Massey, your favorite peeps, your favorite podcast peeps. No, I, I'm fired. You're fired. No, this is good. This is good. She she killed it. Her career. She killed her career. You know, easy fella. Easy. Well, hey. We're here, and uh, God is good, and uh, we're going to get started. So this morning, guys, uh, be sure to go to theselfevidenttruth.com, theselfevidenttruth.com. I'm glad, too, Destiny. She said, finally, the live or the uh, the live notifications are working again. No, they were just for us not Mine's working. not working still. Well, I don't know. Every I don't know once what's in a while, on. it'll work. I don't know what's going on, but I do know we have a lot in the way of, uh, of, of messaging here today. We're going to be talking a lot about our uh, testimony. And hopefully warning the hearer and making them aware of how to watch out, hopefully, for spiritual deception and all these mm -hmm. other things, but also walking in spiritual liberty. So we're going to yeah. be talking about a lot of different things. And guys, if you can go to theselfevidenttruth.com, please go on there, subscribe to our newsletter. we got a lot going on. We also have a blog. Uh, last weekend, if you saw, Mike and I were in a uh, uh, look like a hotel room. And there's a reason for that because we're it was a hotel room. <laughs> That's the reason. Okay, go. Just kidding. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so we're we're gonna get into why we were in that hotel room, probably in this podcast. Um, we're, we're we're in the process of finishing a book uh, called uh, Tribalism in America, and so we're gonna be talking about some of that. And then we're working on another book called uh, Church Liberated, which is uh, it should come out. We're not uh, telling you how bad church is and all this other stuff. Yeah. What we're showing you is exactly what Letters from a Birmingham Jail was. It was like a call to us as believers not to get involved into the politics of it, into the righteousness of it. What's mm -hmm. the righteousness of our cause? Why do we do what we do? And even church people now have gotten in tribalistic where it's yeah. like, yeah, you're seeing them get into the politics and it's my side uh, or else. It's almost like I've heard this many times in the in the 2016 election. I heard this so many times. If you don't vote for such and such, you're not even a Christian. I can't even believe it's like, if I don't vote for that person, that doesn't make me, where, where, where was that in scripture? I, I lost right. it somewhere. You know what I mean? So just where the tribalism comes in, well, we need to be as Christians is what is righteous? How do we get involved in that? And then proclaim the righteousness of God. Where's darkness so that we can be the righteous. And so that's what you're going to see uh, in that book. So we're really excited about it. And then, um, so the, the, the tribalism one's going to be good, but we decided to name this one cult of Christ legalism or Liberty because Carrie and I have a story, huh? This podcast, this podcast. Yes. The, the Carrie and I have a story, uh, a testimony that, that not uh, many of us were involved in it, but not a lot of people like to talk about it. And, and so I'm not afraid to talk about it because, Hey, it's part of my story. Mm -hmm. I'm not even angry about what happened to us. Uh, and I used to be, I mean, I, I can't deny that, you know, when you're, uh, psychologically and mentally, uh, what do they call it? Abused today. Mm -hmm. I mean, that sounds very, uh, that word, it just connotates victimhood, mm -hmm. but we're not victims. I mean, God has used us. Our ministry is growing and prospering. Right. I'm an assistant pastor at a church. I got three beautiful boys, yeah. a gorgeous wife, uh, really nice place. I mean, I, I'm blessed. I'm not a victim. God overcame. <clears throat> and we weren't even victims. I don't think when we left, I right. think we didn't let it keep us down. Right. 
I mean, it was raw and real abuse. It like, was. But it, it was. Wasn't, it's, I think, what you do with it on the out on the other side and how God heals you. Yeah. Is I, the real. Yeah. Victims, victims. And, and if you're a victim of abuse, I understand where you're at. Mm -hmm. But um, the, 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 the victimization side can be helped for you to overcome and prosper and do it, you know, through yeah. Christ. Right. When you're not allowing yourself to be healed, then you have this mentality where it becomes almost like, Lord, then, then you're not enough. Your grace is not enough. Your mm -hmm. blood wasn't enough. You're, you know what I mean? So we, we don't want to stay there in that point because we're not there. Uh, but what we're going to talk about is spiritual abuse and, and all these other things that we kind of endured uh, and, and where freedom lies. And if you've ever been through something like spiritual abuse or uh, 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 some kind of a cult or, or anything like that, I'm just going to call what I went through spiritual, uh, 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 spiritual, uh, the words abuse, but just a different word, spiritual, whatever, you know, and, and so most people want to call it a cult. I sometimes do, but that word, it just, whatever, you know, it's a cult. It's a, so she says, whatever. So what we went through, our story is very simple. Um, for, for 12 years of our lives, we were, we were in a group that, that, uh, seemingly to us at first, we were 21 years old. We were young, 20, 21. Uh, I think I was 21 at the time. I think you were too. We got involved in this group uh, that was a ministry that was going into schools. And we, you know, we had this band that we toured in. I was actually the bass player, eventually became the lead singer of, helped write a lot of the music, all those other things. Um, and, and so at first we were, we were just young people who I was hungry for the word of God. I was a King James only kind of fella, you know, so it, it was that, but we were all like tattooed and, and, and all this other stuff. We were like counterculture kids who were, rebellious against the system yeah. call us rage against the machine for christians you yeah, know like we were right. we were that kind of people and so we thought hey there's kids in schools who have never heard the truth let's go and reach those kids well we were under a, a guy who who just he was tall he was he was a, he was he was a orator i mean like this what people don't understand is people who speak well they can they can move crowds i mean that's just it's an anointing it, it really is mm -hmm. And so when we got into it, it was like, okay, let's do this. We're going to go reach kids. To me, my side of the story, the first six years of it were to me very like, okay, let's focus on the mission. Let's focus on mm -hmm. this. You have a different story. I mean, I mm -hmm. think you, you see it differently than I do. But what happens is people use the scriptures and even the gift of the prophetic to put you into shame to obey these rules. These, you know, if you're not for me, you're against me. That was used against us a lot. You know, like if you're not for me, you're against me. And that's not Christian and you're not submitted. So we used a lot of these things. My story through this whole situation, we were in it for 12 years. Um, like I said, I was a lead singer. I was one of the speakers. I would go travel. Um, I'd say about year 10, year nine or year 10 for me, I really hit this wall of this does not feel like peace. This does not feel like grace. This does not have understanding. Um, he preached all the time in, at our at the church we had a lot of law, very little grace. Mm -hmm. It was always like, keep the commandments of God. This is how we walk in it. This is what we do. And again, if you've been through spiritual abuse, comment below. And if you haven't, just comment, live liberated and put a hashtag on it and comment where you're from today. So we're going through kind of our story. I was in this band. I toured. Uh, we did eight music videos. We went to uh, we did five albums. Uh, ironically, it was the same music for like 12 years. We wrote it 12 years prior. We kept using the same dang songs and, uh, that's just how we wanted it. Um, and so what happened was though, over time you get used to the, 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 the verbal, ab uh, abuse. And what I mean by verbal and spiritual abuse was I was constantly rebuked and corrected. Mm -hmm. 
And what, what that means is I was constantly being told publicly what my sin was, what right. was wrong with me. And I would, it would be done in front of people too. Right. For everyone. He did For, this to everyone. Right. But this is me. This is my story. Right. No. Right? Yeah. I'm I know just, I'm getting yeah. there. Just let me, let me, let me marinate the story here. Okay. I was put uh, in front of people, scriptures that were used to justify that were scriptures such as this, them that are in sin rebuke before all so that others may fear. If you know where that is, that's talking about not rebuking an elder. You know, that, that's where that scripture comes from. Not because people are in sin, you're rebuking before all. Uh, there, there was also scriptures used for public uh, embarrassment like that. Scriptures that were used were some, something like this. Uh, 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 open love is better than, what, what is it? Love oh, carefully concealed. Yeah, open rebuke is, 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 what is it? Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. That's it. Open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. That was in the King James. So we would be massively abused. And I'll just tell you a couple times uh, that happened to me that, that, that you, you can kind of tell what kind of group we were in. And he constantly used shame mm -hmm. to keep us under. Mm -hmm. You couldn't think past the box because shame would keep you in the box. And I've always said this, that shame could do more damage than physical force any could. Yeah. You can literally destroy someone's will by shame. Yeah. That's why people sometimes have a struggle coming to Christ because their shame is so great. I believe that's why people commit suicide a lot of times because of the right. shame they carry and they can't see past uh, that shame. So they're, they're just carrying so much shame and guilt. And so, um, there was one time I went to I went to Michigan uh, and, and I used to fundraise for this group that, that I was in for 12 years. And uh, I remember meeting this guy who was uh, like an earth mover. That was his business. So I was going out there to hopefully get a donation. But then all of a sudden, in the middle of our conversation, we're in the, in the restaurant. He starts crying. I said, can I pray for you for anything? And he's just starts breaking down. And he says to me, I'm an alcoholic. I, I, I'm, my, my wife is not down for it. I'm on the brink of losing my marriage. And dude, in the middle of this restaurant, I'm just like breaking ties i'm breaking soul tie i'm breaking all this stuff you know uh, alcoholism and addiction and blood i mean he was blubbering really really it was cool to watch that like god was delivering this guy in the in the restaurant but i didn't get a donation from him it was like okay you know maybe i was just there to help the guy and i remember coming back uh from michigan we were in minnesota at the time that's where our, our group was based uh and so we had service that sunday and he asked up from the stage, does anyone have like a praise report or something to, to report? I said, man, I was with this dude in Michigan. I did this earth moving thing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, but he he didn't donate. But like what was cool was he got delivered. He got set free from this alcohol addiction. I mean, he renounced it. It was really cool. He was going. And then all of a sudden from the stage, he said, you have a, something thousand dollars to raise and you're out there praying for people. He said, that's why you don't get anything done because you're lazy or slothful. And he just went off on me call me lazy and slothful for doing the things of god and at that moment at that moment is where i really started to like okay there's something not right here this isn't about the glory of god mm -hmm. but when you're in it and you're in the constant thick of it you're not seeing it you know right. what i mean yeah no i mean i think that we talked about this last night and putting this together and how easy in the christian world it is to create a cult because seemingly you can read the bible and read it as God takes this person with a calling or group of people with a calling that are leaders over me and I'm supposed to follow them. Yep. And so when those leaders or people you follow take it and use it to control, it's very simple for people who are young and impressionable yep. and just getting saved to follow that and get kind of sucked into a cult. And it's even easier when you're in like a quote unquote, like 
Pentecostal, somebody who believes in the gifts, prophecy, the gifts of healing, the gifts of miracles, um, all, all that stuff, because clearly God is bearing witness to their calling. So maybe I'm in the wrong for thinking this because they're doing, you know, prophecy and, you know, God's healing people through their ministry. And so it's super easy. And it's like when we left this group in August of 2013, well, you left in September, I left in August. Um, in talking to people afterwards, I mean, we never, it's funny because we rarely ever talk about what it was really like, not in like, because we don't want to, but it's because most people would, we've actually had people be like, what? Why did you stay so long? <laughs> Why did so we just don't really tell people what it was really like and what you're actually hearing is the Disney version of no, what it was I'm really just like. You a couple yeah, of just examples. the overview. Just, just, you know. Um but anyway, so talking with people, the more you realize how common this is. I agree. Joshua just said God will always provide for his church. Worrying about the money is a red flag. The funds will come in if God's moving on the mission. See, but like when you're kept under and, and dude, total amen, right? And I'm not, I'm not, I didn't know you were done. I, I could see you. No, kind of paused. I'm, I'm sorry. You, yeah, no, I was just saying like, the more you talk with people, the more I'm sorry, yeah. you realize how common it is for people to get sucked in, in the Christian world yeah. into these things like control and cults and legalism. Um, because it is, I mean, you seemingly <clears throat> read the Bible and if you're not, you don't like read the whole thing, you're not, you're not trained enough. You're still young. It's just very easy but, to get pulled into that. But here's what's funny, though. Most cults that we have heard about have been like the ultra word yeah. cult, like no spirit. They use the Bible to keep you under. It's mm -hmm. all condemnation, which was true in our mm -hmm. case. It was true in our case. But the spirit side was also used to keep us under, too. Right. And I don't think people address that enough. Like there's a spirit side that can keep you under just as much right. now. When we're talking about this, and if you watch this later, there's hope here. We're going to give you yeah. answers and what you should watch out for. Don't worry about it. We're not just going to talk about how bad things were and all this other stuff. I'm telling you, we overcame. There was God's grace on us. But the, the spirit also, and if you can elaborate on that a little bit, the spirit, the gifts were used to keep us under mm -hmm. too. So it wasn't just the word. It was right. also the gifts. Right. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we would, the whole concept of, like what I said, it's even easier to get sucked in when you're in a Pentecostal type movement where well, they believe in the gifts yeah. that yeah because like the gifts are bearing witness and you know this gentleman would prophesy all the time and these things would come to pass Dude, and you're like dead on too yeah and you're like well okay god must be moving on his behalf or you know like speaking to him which <laughs> dead he, nut. like okay but i mean if you look at the gifts and understanding that you're born with the gifts Ooh, come on that the gifts don't necessarily i mean that's what that that verse says like you can prophesy you can do all these things if you're not doing it in love come on with the love of god in your heart it's still wrong but you're still doing all those things that's right and god is bearing witness because god bears witness to his word right and so i mean the things that would happen in under this and i'm not sure how far we want to go and just go <laughs> i mean when we i mean dude they're gonna know you know what i mean yeah. they're gonna ask questions and when you talk about like prophecy we would have things prophesied us. So you would have the prophecy that was dead on, but then you would have the prophecy that's used to control in that. Like when we were, um, when I was pregnant with Isaiah and I was seemingly not, I've been used that word like three times. I was not in a right spot in this leader's eyes in my heart was not seeking after the Lord. So when that would happen and people would go through those seasons, 
then that person would be the become the object of rebuke almost every service. Uh, yep. And so it was my turn when I was pregnant with Isaiah and he would say things to me like, uh, you better not make that child an idol. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away talking about our oldest son and like things like that, where it's just super like you're dealing with people's lives and their kids and their livelihoods. And so um, we actually, when we left the group, it was shortly after we actually, Joe, who was on with us last time, he called and he said, I feel like the Lord is saying there was assignment put on one of your kids. And I can't remember the exact words he used. There was assignment put on one of your kids and God wants you to know that that's not true. And so I told him what had happened and he was like, he was almost, he was like broken. And he's like, Oh no, we're not, we're not doing that. And he just prayed in that moment. He prayed it like broke off of me because I like struggled connecting with Isaiah for like the first few years of his life, because this, this thing is prophesied over your life. Well, clearly, yeah, and then you get in your mind, clearly there's something wrong with me, you know? And so, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, no, this is good because I actually told that story. One of the reasons we're doing this show is I was sitting with two friends. Uh, we went to go get some Starbucks. Uh, don't judge. And because uh, it's the only coffee shop around. So we were oh, we were girl. so we were we were um, in the middle of talking. And she said, what made you like what, what made you who you are? Like because mm -hmm. she saw some videos of this band I was in. Mm hmm. And she goes, but what, what happened? Like, what made you, you? And, and so we were talking about the group and <clears throat> I told her that story, you know, and I said, mm -hmm. one of the things that I learned after 12 years of like this abuse, I'll tell you this, when I went in, I was a Christian. I was solid. My friends trained me well. I was being discipled uh, and all these other things. I was walking in an authority that I didn't understand yet, but it was like, I understand what I'm doing. Like, I understand scripture. I understand yeah, prayer. Yeah. I walked in after 12 years. I literally walked out saying, F you, God. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I didn't know if I was saved. I didn't know if I was a Christian. And if you're in a ministry that does not foster your relationship with God, if that doesn't, mm -hmm. if you're the ministry or the church you're in does not foster that the plan of God for your life is a communication and union with him and your family first. Yeah. And they're promoting your giftings and your talents. And that's all they want to drain you for. I would strongly, strongly advise you to go into prayer about that ministry. Cause that's what happened to us. It was our gifts that were being right. used constantly. So when I left that group, I told her, this one girl, I was telling her about my story. I just said, I remember leaving that group, uh, not understanding if I was even saved or not. Like I didn't, I didn't know because I'd failed the Lord. I left this ministry. I, you know, I failed my family, uh, you know, putting them into this situation that was abusive. I finally saw it. And my buddy, his name's Les Woody. He came up to me and he said to me, Hey, uh, you know, meet me at the park. So we went to the park and, and he prayed for me. He said, Massey, do you know if you, when you die, you'll go to heaven? And I said, no, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And he said, we can know right now. And you could say rededication. You could say whatever. I just knew at that moment, right. Mm -hmm. That old prayer that I prayed came back. Yeah. And so it was like one of those like moments that I needed for me to, to, to like walk through, but this is how deep this psychological stuff went mm -hmm. was okay. We were at the South Haven home, which we were <clears> renting. <throat> That's where yeah. we prayed with Joe. Yeah. But that house, what represents for me, this really odd transition. Like if I was to go back, if you remember all the walls were dark yeah. colors, yeah. like it was a really weird transition period for me, really cool deck, really cool backyard. Right. Yeah. But everything was unstable in that house. The deck was held together by screws and, yeah. and we putty. never went out on the deck. Right. It was ever. held together by screws and putty. Uh, the house walls were all dark colors. Mm -hmm. uh, the wood grain was so old and like just right. It just needed to be updated. It was a really nice house, a big house, yeah. but it was just needed updated. 
And so I'm looking at this whole transition of what's going on. And I'm saying to myself, Lord, where do you want us to go uh, with all this? And yet the Lord delivers us. He, yeah. he, he moves us out of that. We go to a, a, a ministry where Joe's at in Duluth. I Duluth. Think. I think it was. Yes. I, I was somewhere thinking, up. No, I always think Duluth. Brainerd. Um, Brainerd. Brainerd. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Joe Zupitz was up there and, and it was November. So we left. I left in September. It was November that <laughs> yeah. year. And that's when I first really let someone speak into my life because the prophetic gift was so heavy uh, in that ministry that we were in that I said, nobody will ever speak to me in mm -hmm. prophetic again. I don't want to know what that I, 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 if you have a word for me, pray about it. God will tell me because yeah. I did not believe in the gift. I didn't want anybody to talk to me like in, in that way. And I remember even my cousin, he was, he was on our board for, for a while, or his name's Orlando. Dude operates in something special. Mm -hmm. And I remember I seen him after about 15 years. I hadn't seen him in 15 years. He's like, brother, I got a word for you. Yeah, and it was April. And so it wasn't, we hadn't even left the cult for a full, full year. It, we let, you left in September. We saw oh, him in, right. in April. That's right. We saw them in April. Um, and then he <laughs> said to me, I got a word for you. And I said, stop. I don't, I don't let people speak into me, dude. And he goes, no, brother, don't despise the gift. I understand you're hurt. I said, buddy, I just got to see you. Like, I don't really know where you're at. I don't, I don't want you to just mm -hmm. speak into me. I wish I wouldn't have done that, but I'm glad I did it. Here's why. Because I was still like, Lord, train me in how to use this gift properly. Train me in how to see this gift properly. It's yeah. prophetic because I operate in it. <laughs> Church service right after that, he blows and goes into you, man. Like he spoke something into you that was like, dang. Mm -hmm. and I was like, I'm here. You can speak <laughs> to me now. I get it. You know, <laughs> and, uh, but, but I, I'm glad that that happened. And, and, and ever since that time, I told this girl that was in my truck when I was telling her my story of, of the cult thing. Ever since that time that I got rededicated, if you will, to, to God, I just, I asked the Lord, will you please help me not let people go without feeling loved mm -hmm. will you please help me be the real first corinthians 13 that you're asking me to be that you're telling me in scripture to be because when we left that group when we were in that group there was no love there was no mm -hmm. peace there was no joy there was no fruit of the spirit there was uh you know none of that stuff and and when we left i said i just never want people to feel like that yeah that if they're ever in my presence or they ever feel they're called to something else that they would see the love of God and that they would know you're real and that they would know they're blessed. And like, no matter what, that they would see that like you're real, you yeah. know, and that the love of God can be. And I've always said this about you, babe. Hey, Jill. Uh, amen. You know the subject. Uh, so I've always said this about Carrie with me, especially just with me. <clears throat> I don't know if she does it with anyone else. Maybe she does it with her kids. I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm totally playing. But first Corinthians 13, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't behave itself. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It isn't rude. It isn't jealous. It doesn't boast. And there's this line in here that says it keeps no records of wrongs. Mm. And you've never kept a record of wrong with me. But I noticed I was doing that with this group, you know, that mm -hmm. I left and, and all these other things. And, uh, and I remember uh, it was when, when I went to revive, you know, and Todd preached a sermon on, for, on, on forgiveness. And, and it was on a Wednesday night. I'll never forget it. It was it, I just remember he was preaching it. And I'm like, I think I've forgiven Brett because I was pondering the whole time. Mm -hmm. I think I've forgiven this guy, you know, mm -hmm. that was in the group. I think I've forgiven him. And then he said this line that I'll never, ever forget. And I've used it ever since. He said, you know, you lack forgiveness when you think about that person. And in your heart, you're like, it's still unsettled. It's still, un it's still troubled. Mm -hmm. And I thought, dang, you know what I mean? Like, 
I, I've forgotten the things he did. I like, I was cool, but every time I would think of his name or think of him, my heart would like burn a little bit. And I was like, I haven't forgiven him. I haven't forgiven mm -hmm. him. So he calls up this guy named Charlie Jameson. Charlie Jameson's a roofer here in Stewart, and he's an amazing man of God. And uh, he w went up there. And I said, I'm supposed to go to that guy. So Charlie just like he I remember he grabbed my head and he just like wept over me. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it just like destroyed any kind of bitterness or anger or anything like that. And I remember that that is real religion. That is real love. Mm -hmm. That if I can look at the story of Jesus Christ, you want to talk about verbal abuse, physical abuse, church abuse, all that stuff. Yeah. Jesus Christ is the one who went through all of that and more. Jesus Christ was one, he was called the devil almost at every turn. Yeah. Some would praise him, most would hate him. You know, that the religious leaders and the political leaders of the day were against Jesus, right? And even him telling himself, I didn't come so that, uh, that, that basically I'd be a king. I'd come to be, to, to die and resurrect for you, basically. Yeah. And so I, I was thinking about all these things and I'm thinking if Jesus Christ still died for us, even though he went through all that, well, if his story is one of redemption and forgiveness, if he could say they don't know what they're doing, if he could say they're operating out of a different spirit, if he could say all those things, then I should be able to too. Because if truly, if the spirit of God dwells in me, then I'm him, then I'm supposed to be like him. That's kind of what happened. And then so now I'm looking at what we're doing here. And I want you to get more into your story too, because yours is crazy. I was telling, uh, I was telling uh, Giselle, I was telling her, I remember one time you came home and, and, and uh, you were really, I, I knew you were praying, but I'd come home and you were really upset. And I remember one time, like just, you were, you were really frustrated. And I said, I would see her just mad all, you know, like there, there'd be times she was really angry. And there was one time you told me it was because of, we didn't have any money for diapers, you know, and like all these things. And so your abuse, your thing was a whole lot different than mine. Mine was just a constant beratement. Mm -hmm. Yours, your guys's was different. I think in the office, the girls, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm kind of still stuck on the forgiveness thing because I think, well, I want you, you to go on your side. This is yeah. how I forgave. No, I mean, I think, um, I just recently saw this kind of a definition of forgiveness that I had never, uh, it never dawned on me this way, I guess I was never presented it with this way, but basically like they owe you they have a debt against you, which is what the word says, you know, like they forgive him his debt, but they have a debt against you. And you're basically saying this debt is wiped clean without their even apology and, um, or reconciliation from them. Wow. And, um, so when, when I read this, I was like, it, let me back up and say, uh, most of, you know, watching that I recently went through some health stuff with cancer and other stuff. And the one thing it's crazy because I, uh, in the beginning of this journey, I thought I was going to learn all about God's healing, you know, and learn about and like receive a different understanding of healing. And I did. But the main thing that I God used this journey for, which is weird because it doesn't even compute like that this would equal this. But the main thing I really went through kind of a transformation conviction, like just a change was my heart and eyes in view of people and judgment and how I was critical. And, um, and so during this time I saw this definition of forgiveness and I was just like, I went home and I just like wrote this list of all the people I needed to forgive. 
And it's like that whole concept of forgiveness is when they don't do anything that merits forgiveness from you and you still like wipe that debt clean, you know? And I think that's so powerful in like when you walk through a cult and they're basically taking advantage and abusing every aspect of your life. Because, and sometimes we've listened to people's and they're like, oh, I went through a call and they tell you the story and you're like, like <laughs> that's like, I've a, been abused. That's a Disney trip <laughs> compared to this, but I, but, it's but, not, but, it's, but, yeah, they were still hurt. They were yeah, still they, don't, abused. Don't do that. Like, yeah, no, I'm not saying it like that. But, um, but when you walk through something where they abuse every aspect of your life, your finances, your spiritual life, your kids, your family, your marriage, and, um, and it was lit literally he had control over every aspect of our lives yeah and he would rebuke and control and manipulate every aspect of our lives and so when you walk through that and there is no no record or effort of reconciliation or apology and you're still um instructed by god to forgive them that is a very tricky (laughs) tricky situation to walk through but 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 Sorry. that's what the power of God does. Keep, keep going with that. Cause like, I, I think it is tricky, but people have to realize this. And I know this is going to sound really, really, really harsh, but hear my heart and what I'm saying. I'm not telling you that this is a forced thing. It has to be a spirit thing. Mm-hmm. He says to forgive. He commands us to obey. Mm-hmm. Your flesh has nothing to do with that. It is everything spiritual. So when you're ha- having a hard time forgiving somebody, who's done wrong to you. You have to ask yourself is the hard time because of your flesh and you're not submitting to the spirit of God because he commands us. See the one thing when he says, forgive, it's contrary to our flesh. Mm -hmm. We want to keep records of wrong. We want to do, we want to retaliate. We want to do all these things, but he desires your freedom, right? He desires your redemption. He desires that you walk in Liberty. So when he's saying forgive, because listen, he didn't set up the opportunity for you to get berated and, 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 and get manipulated and used and abused. God didn't set that up. That's human nature. That's what we do. We've, mm-hmm. We put ourselves there. Like, listen, I can honestly admit, if I was truly fasting and praying, I heard the voice get out mm-hmm. many times, but I didn't because I thought, no, the mission is greater than this. The mission is greater than this. Emphasizing the gifts more than the relationship with God. That's what was happening. They emphasized my giftings and my talents and how they could use me more than my relationship with the Lord, okay? Mm-hmm. I could hear go, but I didn't obey. It wasn't God's fault. So when he, when I finally left, the, the whole thing about forgiveness is I desire your liberty. You have to let this go. Yeah. And in our flesh, it's like, for bump that. I don't want to do that. 2017, I'll tell you, man, I wanted to go bat that guy's windows in. Still, mm-hmm. remember, I, I, we had... I had plotted. Yeah. I'm going to fly out there one night. I'm going to go out there and beat his windows in. I'm going to throw smoke bombs in his car and blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? <laughs> All these things. And I was like, I am not free yeah. from this right now. I'm right. not free. And you know what? Our ministry could not move forward until I was free. Me. Well, that's the thing about if we're talking about legalism versus liberty, the Bible commands us to forgive, right? Truth. Okay, I can go and say, like, okay, Bible commands me to forgive. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to write this list and I'm going to forgive. Hold on. And sorry. I can do with any command that the Lord gives, I can say, I'm going to do it. That's legalism. I'm going to do it in my own strength. Where liberty is, Lord, your word commands that I forgive. I have the 
My heart is the farthest from forgiveness right now. I know I need to forgive this. I need your spirit to help me. Like what we said before, give me the desire to have the desire to forgive because that's what your word commands. Like when it says those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, not those who do righteousness. When you hunger after righteousness, it's the spirit of God that fills it through you because you're desiring it. And so that's the same with anything in the word. And it kind of goes back to when you're in a cult, whether it's a church or a ministry or even your family, you know, because I've heard super legalistic families where their parents are always like, this is what we do. We obey the word, right? When you're in that position, the cults always think that they have the right way and they have the right answer and they do it right. (laughs) On fire! When we were when we wrote the notes last night, I wrote in there, cults think that they always have the right answer, and they have the right way that their way is right. And we've talked about this before that there are absolutes in the Word of God. Clearly, there are absolutes. But what hit me a few weeks ago, in an interaction with somebody, is that there are absolutes in the Word. But the pathway to that absolute is not absolute in that you take worship, for example, worship. Everyone says, you know, they like this type of worship. They like this type of worship. You have the church that says, you know, jump around, praise God. That's freedom. Then you have the church that says hymns, no electric, you know, anything. The devil comes through the electric cords. And the reality is, is they're both worshiping God. If your so, heart is pure. If your heart is pure. Right. If your heart is pure. Now, you one might be legalistic, right? Blah, blah, blah. My point was, is we worship in a very free Pentecostal church. We've also been to very legalistic, Baptist, whatever churches. And I can still worship in there because it's a heart of worship. If you got a heart of worship, you can worship in the car. Ooh. You can worship in your bedroom, in the shower. And the whole concept of worship has to look like this. That's legalism. That's so there's the spirit side that can be legalistic, right? The spirit side can be legalistic. Even in like, if you're not, if you're jumping around, that proves you have joy and peace. And like, that's a legalistic viewpoint because I've had joy and peace on my floor in the bedroom, overwhelmed with joy and peace, weeping and crying to worship. And you look at me and you would think, oh, something's wrong with her. But the joy and peace is so overwhelming that I'm like on the floor weeping. And you get what I'm saying? Like, just because you're not jumping around does not equal that you don't have joy and peace. And Amen. You know what I mean? So my whole point is saying is the absolute that. is worship. The pathway to how people worship is not absolute. I love that because it's it's spiritually birthed in your heart. Yeah. Like you like certain things. The way you like music and the way right. I like music is not the same. Right. And we've always had this struggle. I'm very much a, a rock head, metal, right. rap. I mean, I love extra loud type music. You would prefer getting up in the morning, turning your phone on to worship, whatever yeah. that is. M- m- when I listen to worship, it's, I, you know, it's very hard for me because it all sounds the same to me. Right. And she would retort back. Rap sounds the same. Rock sounds the same. Country yeah. sounds the same. I'm like, I know, but I can get into the music. I can get into the variableness and the tendencies and the tweaks to me. But Here's what I know when I'm up there playing and I play that worship music that I'm like not nah, jiving with. I, it's an expression from my heart to worship. Mm-hmm. I create it my own. I do it my way right. because I'm worshiping God at that moment. So I realized one day, probably three, four years ago, it's not the music. 
-hmm. It's me. Right. It's, That's right. If, yes. If, if I can take that an music of our heart. and translate my worship through that music to God. Yeah. That's where it is. And I love what you said because it sounded weird at first, but I get what you're saying is the absolute thing is to worship. Matter of fact, read, uh, read, what is it, John? Luke. It was Luke when he says, when you pray, when you fast, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, when you, was it when you pray, when you fast, when you give? Mm -hmm. Notice that we focus a lot on when you give. And when you pray, but not when you fast, mm -hmm. but those are hard, concrete things. He's Absolute, saying, yeah. Jesus said, when you pray, which means we pray when yeah. you give, which means we give when you fast means we fast. But notice that the way you give, the way you pray, the way you fast right. is so different right. for some like Luther needed four hours in the morning to pray, to mm -hmm. make sure he was whatever. Uh, who was it? The guy that said, I, I get up two hours in the morning to light myself on fire to watch yeah. so the world could watch me burn for you. It's nighttime. Right. That's where your prayer right. bailiwick is. That's where your filming is. Right. For me, I'm bursts like throughout the day. I'm 20 minutes, whatever. So <clears throat> prayers. Now, there is quiet times. That's, I'm not yeah. saying that. But the, the way to these things is not absolute. Right. And that's where legalism flows. Well, right. I mean, that's what I was going to say. I was just going to jump in and say that's why we can worship, you know, like our church is on like fire and worship, right? You can worship and, worship and dance and raise your hands and like be free. Sure but we fun. can also go to a Gaither concert, Gaither vocal band concert with my parents who were in their seventies at the time and feel the same anointing, you know, because it's, rock, <laughs> because it's your you heart say. of worship before God. If you're a worshiper and you understand worship, you're going to be able to worship. But I was going to take that with prayer. I mean, you can take it almost with any absolute in the Bible when you talk about things like prayer and fasting. I used to think, well, okay, so go back to this cult. We would get together like once a week, two nights a week. I can't even remember. And we would have these prayer prayer sessions. Sorry, just spit all over the mic. Um, we would have these prayer sessions and he, this person would dictate what true real prayer was. And if you didn't pray like he did, then you didn't have the anointing and you didn't understand prayer. And so I came out, you know, we came out and God began, well, God began to birth understanding and prayer when I was there, you know, and I had Nathan and my midwife and I was just up praying for her all the time. And that's kind of when I understood intercession. So that's how God gave me an understanding of prayer through that in my bedroom by myself. And that's how I would pray. So we moved here and our friend Karen came mm. over one time and it was right when we moved here. And she was telling a story about how they were at the beach with her son and his friends from high school. And they were throwing the football in the ocean and they went to leave. And one of the kids couldn't find his keys. And they're all over. They went back to the beach. They're all searching around the beach and the sand and the water. And she said, Lord, help me find these keys, please. And she bent down, picked them up or picked up a, uh, you know, handful of sand in the water and pulled up his keys. Like, and that radically transformed how I understood prayer because I always thought it had to be look this way. Yeah, and, you're sweating and, and feel this way. Drops of sweat right. that turn into blood. That's right. prayer. And that is prayer. Yes, it can be when it's, when it's deep when it intercession, calls, when it calls for, it. yes, that can be deep intercession. That's truly prayer. But sometimes it's like, Lord, help me do this. Help me do this. Just recently, actually, we, uh, again, going back to my health stuff, 
when we first, when I first came from home from the hospital, like I was praying all the time. We were doing worship and prayer and we still do prayer and stuff with our boys. But I was like, we had friends come over and they're like, this is how you need to attack it in prayer, which what they were saying was very revelatory to me. And it was awesome. So then fast forward, I had another health thing where my back like seized up and like my lower back has been jacked up for a while. Right. And I've been doing the same, like I rebuke pain. I rebuke, <laughs> loose my bones, whatever. <laughs> like just all the things that I was, you know, taught in prayer. Which, I'm not laughing because of that. I'm saying, which just how again, that is it. true prayer prayer. But the other night I was just like, Lord, can you just please help my back? And the next morning I woke up and it was like so calm and peaceful. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, so sometimes we get caught up in, in Liberty, in Pentecostal freedom spirit. We get caught up in that and we turn it into legalism. We do. Cause it has to be yes. where I'm screaming at the devil and blah, blah, blah. And I think too, like, I, I, I want to go back to this comment here. Yeah, that Jill, said. Jill. Jill, actually, I just want to point out Jill on here. Uh, Jill, and I lived together when we were in this cult together. Do you remember she had a geo tracker? Yes. What was that? Geo? Yes. Green, was it green? Yeah. I don't. Uh, Maroon, red, purple. I can't remember. Um, no, it was a Nissan. No. Yes. Jill, tell him it was a Nissan. It was from your dad. He gave it to you. I remember these things. Anyways. Um, <laughs> but anyways, Jill and I lived together through some of the worst times uh, for group. me and for her in that group. And um, it's it's crazy. The that's stories. when I developed a crush on you. <laughs> it's crazy. The stories that uh, we have. So I just want to point out who Jill is in these comments. So go ahead and read her. Comment. But she said the one th that is one thing I had to really navigate was the freeing of betraying my own soul. And what she meant by that was when I said I could have listened, but I didn't. Yeah. And so I was betraying myself. I, I wasn't adhering to. Uh, uh, a Subaru. Oh, you were wrong. wrong. <laughs> You're wrong, dude. Um, yeah, sorry, wrong. So, but she was uh, when I was talking about when we're in situations that are very trying, whether cult or liberty, we're kind of going through both. Yeah. The cult side could say legalism, legalism, because the word says this, right? But then the liberty side we could see could be legalism too, or I'm yeah. sorry, the, the the spirit side could be yeah. liberty or legalism. But where liberty lies is this. When you're in a situation or you've been in a situation where abuse exists, especially spiritually, is are you listening to the voice that's telling you don't stop, mm -hmm. blah, make sure like uh, the, the, what was taken advantage of me from the most was my work ethic. Mm. Nobody's going to outwork Massey. That's just how it is. Nobody's going to outwork me. I'm going to work more hours. And I'm going to do loyalty. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to move forward. When I say I'm with you, dude, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. And if you don't hear me talk to you, it's not because I'm against you. It's because I literally have made loyalty with a lot of different people. So I'm trying to navigate all that. But I remember that being abused the most was my work ethic, my loyalty. And had I, I felt like I couldn't give my heart to another thing. I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't give my, 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 my yeah. loyalty, my love, my obedience or my submission. I should say mm -hmm. to another leader because I thought, well, if they're going to keep doing that. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I experienced it more than once. I was like, what the heck? But I remember praying uh, when I met Joe. And then he said that line to me. I've used this many times. But he said this line to me that just really, really hit me hard. He said, you know, God loves you, man of God. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I realized at that moment that I put myself in those situations. I have to be vigilant, sober, given the hospitality, apt to teach. I have to mm -hmm. be vigilant and sober. Against right. what? against the enemy's attacks, against the wiles of the enemy, against being in the flesh. You know why he abused my loyalty and my work ethic? Because I like my ego being stroked. Mm. 
So I'd be getting petted all the time. Oh, my God, you work hard. Oh, my God, you're so loyal. Yeah. Oh, my God. And then it'd be turned against me, too. Yeah. But when you constantly get fed and fed because you're not getting it from the Lord, you're getting it from your leaders, you're getting your affirmation from your leaders. That's what would happen. That was abuse. Mm -hmm. It was he would use shame and then pet your ego at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so instead of me getting my revelation from God of I'm a son of God, yeah. I'm a child of his, I'm a warrior of his, I'm his to be used. It's, it's him that I serve, mm -hmm. not a man. I turned that into... No, Brad's my guy. I'm the one who's going to, you yeah, know, whatever. Right. All these other things. So it, that's where I think I had to change my heart and my trajectory. Now that I serve Pastor Todd, now that I serve our, 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 our leaders, our workers and our employees, I'm not serving Pastor Todd or anybody else because my ego gets stroked. I'm not serving them so I can get a pat on the back and attaboy. If you want that, the Bible actually says this. Your treasure is already on this earth. Mm -hmm. He says, when you do your alms before men for others to be mm -hmm. seen and you get, that is your reward. That's all you'll get because he says, what you do in secret shall be rewarded openly. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking for the applause of man, when you're looking for the affirmation of man, you know what? That's as far as you'll go with your reward here on earth. That's what that scripture means. This is what, that, that's it. You won't get the rewards in heaven. You don't need them. You already got them here. And you know what? It's empty and it's futile because they're just man's words tainted by his flesh too. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Now, it's good to compliment people. It's good to affirm people. It's good to admonish people. Let them do it to you, right? That's where I was. I, I, I was so what insecure, I think is the right word, mm -hmm. that I needed affirmation from man. Well, that's what I was going to say, too, when you talk about the insecure. Like, we were all, when you talk about cults, we were all very young. And I've noticed that with hearing other people's stories is that they were very young and impressionable. And we would almost mock not almost, we did. We were trained to mock older people and their understanding of the word because it was contrary to what we were. We thought, you know, we thought we were the best, but it was contrary to what um, we were living and what he was preaching. And so that concept of the Bible and getting counsel and the older women training the younger women, like that was nowhere to be found because he didn't want anybody older in this group. And now looking back, like how safe that is to have older people who've been through the walk with the Lord, who have to instruct just you. experienced life to instruct you, to help you, to lead you and guide you. And um, so I think when you talk about insecurity, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can have great parents and we know a lot of people have great parents. There's still a level of insecurity when you're coming up and you're in your early 20s because you haven't experienced life. And that insecurity is not bad. You just don't know, you know, and so. I, I mean, it's funny that you had said earlier that you thought the first six years was, you know, on track. And I was for me. Yeah, no. And the multiple people from the group have said that. And I told my friend Pam um, in Minnesota recently, I was like, you know, I've heard multiple people say this, that that the first six years of this group was, you know, on track and it was good. And I looking back now, I was like, from the beginning, this this was happening Right from the beginning, yeah. this craziness was happening back at the Robbinsdale office. We were, it didn't really change. It got worse, but it was there. And she said, well, the difference, if you look, a lot of those, a lot of those people were raised without dads or were raised without strong families. Yep. And you had, I didn't have like a super strong dad in like, um, how do I say it? A spiritual? No, he was spiritual, but like not a super strong dad in like pouring into my life. Oh yeah. But yeah. I had a strong, um, understanding of 
lack of craziness. Do you get what I'm saying? And so for you walking into a situation like that, you're going to be like, oh, this is crazy because you didn't come from that where they had a lack of, you know, look at all those people came from, a lot of them came from Teen Challenge. They had kind of somewhat of a crazy foundation. And so then they walked into that and it seemed normal at first. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And going back to that, a lot of, a lot of the people that were, came into that group had no, like their dads were nowhere in the picture. You know what I mean? And they were just lost and led astray. And that's where a lot of these cults, if you will, grab, grab, gravitate to weak, insecure people. All that. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. She understands my language. Listen, I want to go here fast too. I'm I'm, now going to start to speak some, some, some good stuff. Listen, a lot of people have asked us, you and I, uh, because I think being 40 years old, I've heard this from many people. My gosh, you guys are mature and you're way mature above your years. You know, I hear that word a lot. You know, you're, you're mature above your years. You're, you're wise above your years, whatever you call it. <clears throat> I've had a lot of young people ask me about ministry. Lots of young people. Should I step into this? I really feel like I'm called to this. I'm on fire for God, man. I really feel like this is what I'm supposed to do and blah, blah, blah. And I always go back to this, right? This, this idea of, of age. Mm-hmm. Age does not make you wise. Age does not make you ready. Mm-hmm. How old was, uh, what's his name? The king was eight years old to take over the kingdom. Old Testament. <sighs> what's his name? Read the book of the law. Josiah. <laughs> Josiah. Yeah, that's Josiah? it. That's a, uh, uh, so can't remember. age does not make the man. Wisdom makes the man. Mm-hmm. How wise are you? Now, when God calls, he calls. I'm not saying that you're not called, but I am saying there, there, there is something to do with wisdom. Because when the Bible talks about novices, I'm just going to read it to you. This is a faithful saying. This is 1 Timothy 3. This is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, pastor, deacon, whatever, mm-hmm. he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, apt to teach not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. If a man doesn't know how to take care of his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Verse six, not a novice. That doesn't mean age, that novice meaning a beginner. It's not talking about you're young. Mm-hmm. It's talking about your maturity. Mm-hmm. Because there could be a 50-year-old that recently gets saved. He feels like, I've got all this life experience. I want to go tell people about it. Whoa. Even Paul himself, when he got rocked by the Spirit on Damascus, went with his disciples, the, the apostles for 14 yeah. years and learned and tutored yeah. and mentored. And I'm sure was brought under some kind of on-the-job training, like yeah. to go minister and like be with them, lay hands. Like the wisdom of Paul in two-thirds of the New Testament is pretty incredible how to lay hands, how to impart gifts, uh, how to talk about love, how to talk about forgiveness, how to talk, you know what I mean? The wisdom Paul had was pretty incredible. Can you imagine the wealth of knowledge he had over him to impart that much into him and then the experience to do it so he could talk about it with power, mm-hmm. right? So listen, not a novice, a beginner, lest being puffed up with pride, he falls into the same condemnation mm-hmm. as the devil. Mm-hmm. We were young and on fire. Yeah. We were ignorant to what spiritual uh, maturity was, yeah, right. spiritual wisdom. We right. didn't have that. We weren't ready for it. We went into this ministry. We were young. We had the energy. We were single. All of us were pretty much yeah. single, young. Yeah. 
uh, and we went, we went for it. We went all in. I caution you, not just because of your age, but your beginner nature, mm -hmm. that you walk into this ministry thing because of that. Because the beginner without wisdom lacks the depth to watch out for the things coming. Mm -hmm. When you have wisdom, you are able to discern. You're sober. You're vigilant. You're looking because I've seen the attack of the enemy. Dude, there is nothing that offends me more, especially in a church or whatever, than these two things. When someone sows division or gossip, there is nothing that gets me more than those two things. And I get really, really almost like I have to go to prayer because I'm getting so angry mm -hmm. that these are, this is Christianity 101, that we were brought under the same spirit, one spirit, one love, one baptism. And you have the audacity to sow division and, and gossip into the body. I just can't, I don't understand that, right? I don't get that mindset. But this is why those who do those things can't be in ministry because they're novices, because they don't understand spiritual maturity. That's what you have to watch out for because I was burned by division. And you know what? I created division too. I learned how to gossip too. And I learned how to masquerade it in things like, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get some counsel. I'm trying to get some wisdom here. I masqueraded it all the time. And you learn that your circle, if it's big, oh, buddy, hey, don't tell anyone I'm telling you this. You know what they tell the next person? Don't tell anyone I'm telling you this because this person told me not to tell anyone, but I got to tell you because, hey, this is, you see what I'm saying? So like, when you're a novice, when you're a beginner, it is not the best time to be in ministry. As a matter of fact, read, I, I keep talking about Joe, but dude, 30 something years he's been in ministry. He had to take five years off because the Lord said, do you want to, do you want ministry? Or do you want your family? Mm -hmm. I'll bless what you're going to do. Yeah. But I want you to have your family. He took 20 some odd years in ministry and he had to stop mm -hmm. because he needed to do that for his kids. You, you know what I'm right. saying? Comes back and look at him now. But dude, you can't deny the, the spiritual weight and pith of his ministry. You can't deny the spiritual weight and pith of Pastor, John, uh, Pastor Todd and Jan's ministry. Mm -hmm. You can't deny the weight and the glory of what they walk in because they walk with spiritual authority. They walk with spiritual uh, humbleness. They walk with spiritual wisdom. They've been through their gamut. You know what I mean? Um, I look at people's stories and you notice our association is really not with people who are younger than us. It's normally people who are older than us yeah. in a lot of ways. Because their walk dictates something to me. I have to learn from them. Why did they become so mature? How did they do it? What's their spiritual disciplines? Why did they? And so when you're a young person wanting to be in ministry, my caution is this. Do you want to be in ministry? And be honest with yourself. Or is this really about trying to do something for God? Is it God doing something through you? Or are you trying to do something with God well, or for God? Right. And even the concept of their desire might be a pure desire. Yeah, of course. To be in ministry, to glorify God. And it's the, it's, how do I say this? It's the concept of waiting and learning and marinating in the things of God. So you have that weight of understanding. You know, we talked about this last night um, and how, often when you're, uh, you know, young people who are on fire for the Lord, like it's this constant, um, <laughs> how do I say it without sounding like super critical? Go ahead. Um, it's this constant, um, fire and words and this deep 
seeking the Lord and all of that, again, is amazing and powerful and good. But sometimes the miraculous is in the day-to-day and and maintaining the joy in the day-to-day monotonous. Sometimes we miss the miraculous of God in the day-to-day raising our kids. Sometimes we miss the miraculous in cooking dinner and praying with God while you're doing that. And it doesn't always have to be this on fire, this huge outpouring of the spirit and seeking God and jumping around and words. And you know what I mean? All that is good, but we miss the concept of those mature things that you learn when you get older, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Do you want to know how you young people can avoid cults and walk in Liberty? You want to know how you older folk can avoid cults and walk in Liberty when you have the truth of God in you, the word of God, and you've marinated on it, you sifted through it. And I pray this ministers to you, okay? I've learned this now, I hope. And I still got 40 plus years, God yeah. willing, right? Of, 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 of to, to, to do this. If you can preach the word of God in, its, in all of its glory, like the full counsel, the tough word, the good word, the encouraging word, the, the, the correction mm-hmm. word, you know, you can preach what the prophet said. You can preach Deuteronomy and you can preach, uh, you know, John three sixteen. you can preach all these things. Right. But if you don't have love, yeah. you have nothing. Yeah. If you can preach the word and still say, why don't they get it? Mm-hmm. You're not mature. Yeah. And here's why <clears throat> the Bible says in first Corinthians and guys, if you could just take first Corinthians, not as a marriage scripture, because it has nothing to do with marriage. Partly. It has everything to do with the inner man. Okay. It has everything to do with ministry. Actually, listen, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, that's literally walking in the gifts of the spirit. When I've been baptized in the spirit, but I have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all mysteries and all knowledge. That's so powerful. I can understand it all y'all. I can preach all of it. Like I can do all of it, man. I get it. I've memorized scripture, Lord. I, I, I know what I got to deliver. You know what I mean? Like I can do this and I understand all mysteries and knowledge. And though I have all faith, man, this I'm, I'm look at my fruit, Lord. That's why people should follow because I have fruit. Listen. And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I'm nothing. That's maturity. He says this. And though I bestow all my goods, to feed the poor, all your works. And though I give my body to be burned. I mean, there's people that do this. I must do this because God has this unction on me and I got to go preach. He says, but have not love. It profits me nothing, Hmm. nothing. And then he says this love suffers long and is kind. That's how you know if you're in a cult or you're in Liberty. Mm -hmm. Love does not envy it doesn't cap on other people. It doesn't want desire. It wants the things of God for you too. The leader should want and desire the things of God for you, the blessings of God for you. You guys might not like this guy, but I've heard this guy say some things. I'm like, this dude is spiritual and doesn't even know it. Gary Vaynerchuk, he's a, he's a business guy. Gary V, they call him, oh. right? He says this. He, go, he told a guy, he said, you know what the problem is in your business? You, you who are the, the CEO, it's you. 
you think you think your workers are supposed to work like you you're the one with the vision they're there to help you mm -hmm. you're trying to lead them you should be serving them that's spiritual yeah. that's first corinthians 13 yeah and he's not even a christian yeah and i'm like dude this is amazing listen to this loves and you can interject please babe love suffers long and is kind it does not envy it does not parade itself do you ever notice that there's ministries out there that constantly have to parade their good works I had this word. I had another dream. What about the dream that you had yesterday? Did it have fruit yet? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things. Like there's all these ministries or man, look at all the things we've done. That's why you need to, you know what I mean? Like look at the heart, mm -hmm. look at the heart, look at the heart of what they're doing. It, it's not puffed up. We're the only ministry that gets it right. I mean, once I started realizing this, I'm like, dang. He's not stating that as a fact. He was I just want to clarify, you sounded almost like you're saying we're the only ministry. No, no, not me. Not our ministry. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying clarify. that's that's what was told to us, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, it says this. Um, does not behave rudely. Man, <laughs> if you're in a ministry or you want to start and you're rude to people, you better sit down. You need love. You yeah. need Christ to put this love through you. Does not seek its own and it's not provoked. Y'all... You remember that thing I said about gossip and division? I get provoked. Your boy has to sit and pray and marinate in the things of God mm -hmm. before I can even correct anybody. Yeah. I have to do it in love. If I'm not in the business of men, uh, the ministry of reconciliation, I am not mature. Yeah. When someone does something wrong, we're to reconcile that person, not just point out the error. Mm -hmm. What's that Corey Ten Boom quote? Corey Ten Boom. It's um, basically the gift of discernment. Well, is discernment a gift? Basically, the gift of discernment is not uh, in order to criticize. It's a gift to, or it's a leading to pray, basically. Yeah, it's a leading to intercede for that yeah. person. Yeah. So like when you see and you see something wrong, pray about that mm -hmm. first before you start putting it on YouTube, mm -hmm. right? Thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in sin, but rejoices in the truth, Right? Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Bears all things. Are you willing to walk through the fire with the brother or the sister that's put in front of you that you know is walking in error? Can you go to that person and say, I'm going to walk through the fire with you until we, yeah. we get this right, instead of cast them off? See, that's like so powerful. I think like when you get into a situation, like it's easy in the church to say, well, they don't serve like me or they leave the church or they're, you know, causing division or gossiping. Like we were taught, you just cast them off and they're given over to a reprobate mind. <laughs> and now having come from that, like I refuse to stop being friends with people who leave our church. Like, you know what I mean? I refuse to stop because like, there's this concept, like, and I'm not saying our church, but like there's this concept in when you get into a cult, like because they do this, God can't use them anymore. And like we're all we're all struggling when you're reading that list. Like I'm convicted, like, oh, Lord, this. Oh, Lord, this. Like I'm convicted. Like we all have things that need to be brought before the Lord to be transformed. Come and on. so I refuse to, <clears throat> I don't know, give up on people or cast them off or they're outcasts like they need love still what? just yeah. because they're walking in a wrong in a, the, in a certain area does not mean that they're cast off from the Lord. I was telling my, yeah. Can I, can I just add to that? Yeah. I was telling my buddy, Jake, I said, when you have someone who, you know, is walking in error and you say, I just can't, man, I can't yeah. with that person. 
I think about how many times have you done that with Jesus Christ and mm -hmm. he's still, man, mm -hmm. he's still there. Yeah. God ain't never left me. How dare I leave a brother? Yeah. He's messed up, man. He's, he's blind to the truth. He doesn't see it. Right. But he professed Jesus. Right. So what if I'm supposed to be there to lead them to love and truth and kindness? Right. What? I'm not supposed to forsake the brother. Right. I'm supposed to lay down my life for him. That's love. It's like this, that whole concept I said earlier, like for my cancer thing, I felt like God brought me through a, a conviction, transformation, repentance of having a critical judgmental spirit towards people. So clearly I was in the wrong before <clears throat> this cancer journey. And that's what God used somehow to, yeah. to change me. Like I could have been in that wrong, been cast off. You know what I mean? But people didn't leave me. Do you get what I'm saying? So there's this, we're all in the wrong at some point that God is bringing maturity to and sanctification to. We're all in that process. Like literally all of us who seek after on, the Lord dude. are in that process. So to cast people off just to me shows a level of not understanding the love of God. And again, I'm talk. I was talking to myself <clears throat> I because that. I cast people off when they would, you know, do this or do that. And so it's just, yeah, I, I mean, it's just, it's not, go ahead. No, you use that, you use that with me when I was going through my hell. Mm -hmm. And you said that to me, all of us are going through something. All of us struggle with something. And I pray this ministers to you guys, because I'm not, I, I just got to finish this with you guys. I pray this ministers to you. I pray this opens your heart. Because when you bless people with love, love is given to you, dude. Yeah. When you give, it, it gives given back to you. Yeah. Freely you have received the love of God. Freely you give the love of God. Freely you receive the grace of love. Give grace. Freely you receive faith. Give faith. You know, like freely you, you receive the encouragement of God. Give the encouragement of God. Yeah. Freely you've received leadership. Give your leadership and servanthood, right? If Christ serves me, he does. He serves me. Yeah. He wants me to come yeah. to him because he wants to, he said it, come unto me. If it's within my will, I'll do it. Dude, that is literally the Christian walk, right? Yeah. If you've been given much to him who's been forgiven much, or forgiven much, loves much. If you know you've been forgiven from so much, you want to love more people. Watch this. He says this verse eight, love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they'll fail. Yep. Prophecies are going to fail. Like that prophecy so was for good. that moment, done. Yeah. It, it happened, done. It's gone. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Einstein and all them, they've been disproven by certain things mm -hmm. because of science. Right. Knowledge will come. It'll vanish. Yeah. Right? For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that part, that, that which is part will be done away. And he said this, listen to this now. <laughs> this is why, you know, love is the mature hitch pin. He says this, for when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. When you can use the truth to your advantage and mm -hmm. take advantage of people, that is literally a five-year-old or a two-year-old's temper tantrum. Say that again. When you can, when you can use truth to manipulate, mm, yeah, you're literally a two-year-old because two-year-olds do that to yeah. their parents. But you said God, and you hate me, and you're like, oh no, no, I don't hate you, son. Here it is. I'm sorry. <laughs> when you can do that, that is using shame to control. That's what ministry cult leaders do. And do it at spirit or word, too. They both do it, right? When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child. I thought as a child. 
I would manipulate. That's what children do. Yeah. They manipulate. They're narcissistic. Yeah. Yeah. They are. They need to be. That's why they need to be corrected. But when I became a man, I put away those childish, stupid, foolish yeah. things. You know, for now we see a mirror in, in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am. Now abide in faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these three is love. When you have that, you're ready. Mm. When you can walk and say, Lord, I want to love people. I just want to bless them. Yeah. Like I, we talk hard messages, man. We preach mm -hmm. hard things. But, dude, it's for their good, not right. for my, what, what, I, what do I got to gain out yeah. of this? You know what I mean? That's how you know you're in a cult or you're in Christ. Yeah. That's how you know you're whether in legalism or in liberty. If it doesn't match 1 Corinthians 13, y'all, if right. it doesn't have the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, goodness, mm -hmm. you're in the wrong. And you yourself might be in the wrong as a ministry leader. And I pray this ministers to you yeah. today. No, it's, um, I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking of how often when you understand the spirit of God, you want to walk in the spirit and the things of the spirit and prophecy and all that kind of stuff and healings and the gifts of faith and um, miracles. And it's almost like, put all that aside, Lord, teach me to love. Oh, come on. Put all that amazing, like amazing things of God, like the God of the universe speaks to you and tells you what's to come and you can prophesy and you can lay it's hands on somebody and they can be healed of cancer and all, you know, all the things that oppress our bodies and you can lay hands and they can be healed. Move all that aside and teach me to love. Amen. Teach me to love. I was listening to uh, Zach Williams, a song yesterday and I wasn't a favorite song, so I just flipped it off. But the song was something like um, praise something. Maybe you guys know it. Praise breaks through prisons or something or breaks, breaks prison walls. or That was the name of the song. And as I'm listening to it, I'm thinking I'm envisioning Paul in the prison praising God and then praising God and then the prison walls break, right? And I'm thinking to the concept of how we read that story. Yeah. I read that story and I go for the end goal. I want the prison walls to be broken. And I'm thinking of them in prison and they probably did not start praising God thinking that the prison walls would be broken. That was not the end goal at that time. Ooh. Their goal was to praise God. And a byproduct of them simply praising God, having a heart of worship was the prison walls broken. We read that story and I go for the end goal. I want the prison walls broken. But sometimes it's simply about praising God. She's on fire. She's on fire. Um, but but seriously, I think sometimes we go for the end goal. And when you read about the gifts and you read about the spirit, we go for the end goal when it's simply about love. And it's teach me to love, Lord. So Man. there you go. Let's go. Well, since you started it, you end us out. Tell them to subscribe and crap. Subscribe. I hope this crap. ministered to you guys. I mean, we talked about how do we end it? I think that was how we needed to end it was if it's love, it is Christ. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not tolerance of sin. It's not tolerance of sin. It's uh, it's a tolerance of their soul. In mm -hmm. other words, like I'm out for their soul to be saved, right? Yeah. Because if I'm after that, like you said, if I'm after them going after the things of God, that sin stuff will be taken care of. Right. Like you said, the byproduct is I'm leading them to Christ, not leading them away from their sin. I'm right. leading them to Christ. Let Christ abolish their right. sin. You know what I mean? We focus on the wrong too much. We're going to lose them in the process. Mm -hmm. And so it's not tolerance of sin. Do we call it sin all the time? We, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you've seen the show. It's not that at all. Yeah. 
but we hope that it ministers to you. So Carrie's going to end us out today. And uh, we, we, again, we hope it ministered uh, to you and, and hopefully you guys gain some courage that if you're going to be in ministry, praise God, make yeah. sure that the hinge pin is the fruit of the spirit in first Corinthians 13, that that is really what abides in the believer mm -hmm. uh, to Amen. minister, Amen. to preach. So, Amen. yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, thank you for joining us. If you guys want to find out more about us, you can go to the self We have this amazing program called our Torchbearer Society, which is our monthly support base for people who want to support this ministry. We travel and minister to people and, um, you want to support this. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to support. He's all mine, ladies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's lucky, too. Anywho, uh, the Torchbearer Society you can go online and support us monthly um, for all that God is doing and what we feel God leading us to. And we have um, some big things coming up next year. We're finishing a book and working on a number of different things. And that from that book, we have a couple of things. We're working on some stuff for children for understanding our freedoms and liberties and God-given rights and all those things. Our so, curriculum. You guys yeah. got to go on the, the teachable site. Yeah. You, can get our you can get that constitution our website. Course, so if yeah. you go to the self you go to shop. You can get to our curriculum through our site. And then obviously our, uh, you see that dope sweatshirt she wearing? Shalene just said my favorite sweatshirt. That's right. Shalene. Girl, mine too. Um, so yeah, so Gloria, Gloria Tucker's on subscribe to our YouTube channel. TikTok is taking off for us right it now. It really is. Yeah, we got, we got to get this uh, TikTok live on here. We got to get the feed, but Ch um, China doesn't, China, uh, China doesn't China. hinder us. Yeah. So that's taken off. So subscribe to our TikTok channel. We got some exclusive content there. So I think that's about it. We will see you, Mike and Massey. We'll see you Monday at 10 a.m. Monday at 10 a.m. Love you guys. Thank <laughs> you.